Hello, I am so happy to be able to announce the eighth recipient of the White Pube Writers' Grant, which is funded by Creative Debuts. This eighth award goes to, drumroll, Orna Kazimi. I'm just going to read out a little bio. Orna Kazimi is an Afghan artist based in London. Orna's work and research explore personal encounters of migration in relation to collective memories of displacement through drawings, installation and writing. Her works have been shown at Sight and Sound Workshop at Tate Exchange, Tate Modern, London 2018, Overprint at, and I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, I'm really sorry to the French language, um, Santa de la Gravure et de l'image imprimé, Museum, Belgium, 2018, Art Amongst War, Visual Culture in Afghanistan, TCNJ Art Gallery, New Jersey, 2014, the fourth Afghan Contemporary Art Prize Exhibition, Queen's Palace, Afghanistan, 2013. She was awarded the Caspian Arts Foundation Scholarship in 2016 and studied at Central St. Martins in London, 2018. So, Orna sent us a publication called Catfish, which will be linked on the Writer's Grant page. You can read it there. Um, we haven't had the chance yet to support many artists with like a capital A, like artists but we were actually really excited by Orna's approach to writing as a component in a wider visual practice, and we identified with it too. Catfish is sensitive and lucid. We love the way it presents complexity, memory, the spatial weirdness of navigating embodied states, its nuance and sensitivity and subtlety. We are so glad to be able to support Orna and her work, and we hope you'll see the tenderness that we saw. So we think it is a nice way to listen to texts if you prefer listening as a format rather than reading. The actual texts, it's nice to hear it's nice to hear them voiced in a writer's own voice. So I'm gonna shut up, stop talking now, and you're going to hear Orna reading the first couple pages of Catfish. So I will shut up, I'll be back at the end to give you a little bit of info about the writer's grant, but until then, I'm gonna hand over to Orna. Okay, goodbye. I as a space for occurrence. This writing is resulting of the movement of a catfish with red fins through my brain. It is a catfish growing up there in my mind. I call this writing that of someone inhabited by a catfish because when the catfish moves in between the cracks of my mind, its long narrow moustache pass through the tiny cracks of my mind very smoothly. The moustache touch what I've forgotten, like the red door of our house, the image of my mom's eyes sounds from where I am not anymore. It goes into the cracks between my memories, the memories without any voice to unfold any story. This catfish is too slippery that once it touches the walls of memories, it then faces the impossibility of comprehending them. Thus, I'm not capable of holding or locating the catfish, and it keeps slipping away. But when the moustache triggered the past, my memory come to life. If I can call them memory, I'm diagnosed with a catfish moving in my mind. When I heard the word catfish for the first time, I didn't know what it is. The first thing I noticed was it is set together of a cat and a fish. Simple. 
I was confused by idea behind this strange juxtaposition. I thought there should be a cartoon called Catfish about a creature half cat and half fish. The cartoon I watched when I was a child called Cat Dog about an animal half dog and half cat. This is a confrontation with the catfish in my mind which constantly drags me to the past which I cannot or do not want to reach. Babu once told me that he feels something moving in his mind and which doesn't allow him to sleep. He said that it is trauma. Since then, no one has seen him. I started to read about trauma. It doesn't surprise me that people assume that Afghanistan, where I am from, though I do not know where I am from, is my trauma. This link between trauma and Afghanistan has the power to stretch the corner of people's lips downward. And with raised eyebrows and light in their eyes, they usually say with a soft voice, I understand. Therefore, what people expect from this catfish is war. Or as they read this, they are waiting for a descriptive section about a horrible catastrophe that I have, I have witnessed. To explain how Afghanistan and trauma relate in my life, I always add the information I'm from Afghanistan, despite being born in Iran, Mashhad, Gulshah. In fact, I spent almost my whole life in Gulshah. People normally get disappointed. However, it is satisfying for me to see how I can blur the apparently obvious link between me, Afghanistan, and trauma. I am struggling. Can my memories be categorized as traumatic memories or not? What can be considered as a trauma? The American Psychiatrist Association has defined PTSD as a response to an event outside the range of usual human experience. But how can I distinguish a usual experience from an unusual experience? Who does make the decision to divide these two and how? Once I went to the mental clinic to ask about CDAT, complex depression, anxiety and trauma, The man who was working at the reception had a quick look at me and kept on working on what I interrupted, saying, you should be referred by a doctor. So the psychiatrist asked me, what specifically does frighten you? While I said nothing, I was thinking of the catfish. At the end, it turned out that I've been just a spoiled slob who doesn't have any understanding of either Hiroshima or concentration camp. That is a trauma. Well, that's right. I was neither in Hiroshima nor in a concentration camp. I even haven't been in scientific camp. A camp located in an isolated part of Mashhad built for Afghans who come to Iran. Are traumatic symptoms in the event or in the person experiencing it? The horror of a massacre for sure can be traumatizing for everyone, although the level of effects would be different based on their personalities and sensitivities towards what they experience. I suggest that an event can be traumatizing without being catastrophic at all. In fact, it might be quite normal for others involved. Trauma cannot be defined by the event itself, but rather by its personal importance and the way you experience it. Each person experiences the same event differently and thus the impact differs for each. What about horror? What makes horror horrific? 
I am interested in how our perception can turn a usual experience, not necessarily a bloody or obviously violent event, into a trauma. The incomprehensibility of traumatic neurosis is like the slippery feature of the catfish between the cracks of my mind. I try to understand and it slips out and the catfish keeps on moving and growing inside of me. Experiencing trauma is dealing with something your body went through. Your body experienced it. While trauma and its cause can lie in the past, symptoms are part of the present. An unfinished experience in the past, and as Freud explains, during which the person seems unharmed, leads to the development of traumatic neurosis. Something taking place outside your body in the past turns into something inside you in the now and future without being mediated or agreed on. You continuously experience the past through the present. The time that this external happening began to store itself inside of you is a hidden process with no symptoms. This period is called incubation period. The difficulty of finding the roots for intrusive images, sounds, or events is that they demonstrate a truth from the past that now might be distorted in the mind, and the possessed person no longer can recognize them or locate them. You're exposed to the haunting sounds, images, or events inhabiting your mind against your explicit wish. However, the possessed person is not even aware that she has been occupied by something at the time. Sometimes the return of the image or even takes years. This catfish is possessive. I don't know since when this catfish has formed itself and started to grow. There is a contradiction about trauma and what is supposed to be an experience which is traumatic. The failure of living the experience consciously when it occurred. It is a delayed experience. While the event is happening, the mind refuses to fully experience it. Although the event happened in the past and you survived it, it begins to be experienced in the present. Therefore, the event stores itself inside of you unconsciously, waiting to be experienced gradually or out of the blue. The catfish makes me relieve moments and I don't understand why. These moments are slippery and I don't cut them in order to analyze them. The more I try to understand it, the more I am convinced that there are limits for understanding. I shouldn't confuse knowing the facts of what happened with understanding of what has happened to me. The test of dust. It is during my first days in Kabul in 2013. People are rushing to work and all roads are occupied with, with overcrowded old buses and cars. Men stand in the open door of the driving van. They don't want to be late for work waiting for the next overfilled van. There is a creamy haze everywhere that limits the visibility. On the bus in the morning, I'm watching bicycle drivers who appear from dust as their mouths are covered with a scarf. I notice the presence of a few blurry shapes on the road while all vehicles are careful not to overrun them. I'm not able to see clearly until I get closer and the shapes turn out to be ragged people. 
Some of them were sleeping and some begging on the roads, as if they were weeds grown out of the ground in the middle of the road. They are human, as worthless as dust on the road. It seems to me that they are dressed up to play a pile of soil. One of the shapes walks from under layers of dust towards me, saying that very soon no one would remember me. The blandest of dust has become a reminder for me of that oblivion. I am back in my room in London and hold my head tightly, hoping that the catfish would stop moving. However, it doesn't. Like a wavering grain field, Bobu is conjured in a mirage. It has possessed my long, shaking fingers now. I have become the empty content attached to the image. The image of him is detached from any dimension. Time and space are as abstract as my gaze. However, I don't remember when I was drained and poured by the sin. Maybe when I was drinking black tea staring at the neighbor's pine tree in Golshar. I have been possessed by a sound that doesn't say anything. The doctor prescribes me some pills in order not to let the catfish grow more. I think the small pills are likely to kill all sounds wandering behind my eyes. I say to myself that I will get rid of the sounds I see. The pills start to make layers on top of each other in front of me. The cornea of my eyes is getting thicker to keep the outside out, and everything seems blurry and far away from me. It sounds like nothing from outside no longer can touch me. A couple of months later on, the pills stopped working, and now I'm too distorted. I find myself in a dream. I'm not real. I'm just happening in a dream. I come to reality like an intrusive sound, like a sound that wakes me up frightened in the morning. Hello, it's me again. So, the White Pube Writers' Grant is funded by Creative Debuts. Creative Debuts is a disrupting and democratising art platform focused on supporting artists and designers from underrepresented communities that may otherwise go under the radar. So as well as being funders for our Writers' Grant, they also do the Black Artists' Grant. Info for the Writers' Grant is on our website, but check out Creative Debuts for info about the bag, the Black Artists' Grant, and you can find them on Instagram as well. So that's creativedebuts.co.uk and at creativedebuts on Instagram. The White Pube Writers Crown is a one-off £500 grant to be given out to a different working class writer based in the UK once every month. This grant has been set up to support writers of all ages who are early in their careers and would benefit from this no-strings-attached financial support to help them in whatever way they like, be that money to cover time to write, books, web hosting, printing, subscriptions, research, development, travel, or even just money to fund life expenses and rent. Some writers publish work on their own websites with little to no funding to encourage them. Others pitch to established publications and, if they are lucky, might get paid every once in a while to write for someone else. It's difficult to keep going and harder still to carve out the time to write, which is what writing needs. So we hope this grant will help towards those challenges in some small way. A recipient will be chosen monthly and this grant is open to individuals, collaborations and groups. The writing could be fiction or non-fiction, creative, criticism, whatever it is you're working on. 
the white pupil will be selecting recipients and these will be chosen based on their ongoing research as well as anybody who would like to put themselves forward. Um, there is no formal application process. If you would like to get in touch, please email funding at thewhitepube.com with a very brief introduction to yourself, contact information and, of course, an example of your writing. This could be text in the body of the email except of the email itself, attached to the PDF or a link to an external website or recording. There is no deadline as this is a monthly rolling grant and the grant does not expect any outcomes or reporting. We do have further FAQs on the writer's grant page on our website so if you have some questions definitely double check the FAQs. Go to thewhitepube.co.uk or .com, either one, forward slash writer's grant and all of that information that I just read out, plus the FAQs, plus all of the work of our previous recipients. I hope you enjoyed Orna's work and I hope that you also get a chance to check out some of the previous recipients and their work too. That's all from me for now, so I'll see you next month. Goodbye!